Dan, this is uh, 58, right? Uh, yeah, sounds about right. All right. All right, we're back. Morse Code Podcast, episode 58. We've got a very special friend of the program. Um, our newest friend. New friend of the program, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The president and CEO of the NBA Retired Players Association, Scott Rochelle. How What's we up, doing? Guys? Scott. Hey, Good, man. Glad uh, to have you on. It's uh like I said, it's good to have a little a little fun on, on a conversation like today. There's a lot going yes. on right now, but I'm looking forward to it. What's going on right now? Yeah, I've been asleep. Is someone playing tonight? Yeah. You know, I've been turned on my cable since like Tuesday mid-afternoon. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to put my phone down. <laughs> I'm going to off all social media until something happens. Of, of Seriously. This is yeah. funny. I was talking to my wife last night and we missed out on March Madness, obviously, because of the virus. And I swear, dude, like I'm seeing like Nevada, Arizona, like all these states. I'm like, bro, this is the closest thing to March Madness we've had since yeah. March Madness. of no, For sure. For sure. And, you know, it's like we're waiting on these results to come in and we're going back and forth. But, you know, it, it's over and, you know, it's just dragging out the inevitable. And so, you know, first night go to bed you're just like man this here we go again and you know i'm not gonna make any um you know any mystery of where my allegiances are right you know, I, right. I was bed thinking, damn we gotta do another four more years of this and then yep. it's like oh wake up you know check your phone it's like wait hold up something may shift here about 7 a.m it's like oh oh here we go we're back in it so it's yeah. all it's all the same emotions from the, like final four and like your, your team's yeah. in it <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You're, you're down yeah. by 12 points with two minutes left, and they see you know the three start dropping. So yep, they go on a um, run. Yeah. Look, no, I think I, without... we are right now. Again, I'm turning the phone off. I'll come yep. back when there's something to be said because all the news reports are basically saying the same thing. Breaking news, we don't know yeah. yet. Breaking yeah. news, <laughs> they're still counting. It's like, God, yeah, good yeah. Year. we'll know yeah. after the break. <laughs> right. Exactly. For sure. No, without <laughs> without getting too into it, I think um, I, I'll just leave it here i think it sounds like we're all on the same page as yes. far as uh <laughs> without Safe going to too into it yeah that's good because i was about to log off real quick yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i need to switch my hat my bad hold on let me get my yeah there's a reason i i have a blue microphone okay yeah you, you pull that little red hat out yeah you'll, you'll, you'll see me for the next year all right, all right. <laughs> anyways um yeah scott so obviously you know they introduce you but for for anyone who's not um familiar we were really just interested um, to begin with, with, you know, how you got to where you are. Well, besides the fact that you and I both got to the final interview and you somehow beat me out for um, <laughs> CEO, which is whatever. We shook on it afterwards. It's cool. Yeah, but uh, no hard feelings for anyone that that doesn't know, you know, tell us a little bit about what you do and, and what you guys been up to um, lately with us being in such a, you know, a fucked up year. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, look, again, I appreciate being here. Um, I'm fortunate to be in the position I'm in. I, I run the NBA's not-for-profit for retired NBA, WNBA players. And most people probably haven't heard of us um, in our traditional NBRPA terms, but you've probably heard of legends and what we do in the media space. Uh, you know, we're working with some great talent now, 
doing a lot of digital stuff, just getting the word out and having fun with it. You know, the retired players have always been active in so many different things around basketball, but as we get more and more of our guys active, the Karan Butlers of the world, the Grant Hills, Sean Marions, and they're doing more and they're representing us, we're more visible. So, you know, right now it's been a fun ride for us to be able to ride the wave of digital and getting more eyeballs. Unfortunately, it comes at a price because we had to go through, you know, a global pandemic to kind of get here. But, mm -hmm. it, you know, we're, we're doing so much in the community with regard to, you know, our chapter program. We've got ch 12 chapters around the, around the country, all led by players. You know, we've always done outreach for the community, for our players. We're doing transition work for the guys and ladies who lead the game. We have so much life to live, right? You know, you retire at 32 you've got your entire life ahead of you. What's next? What does it look like? Um, you know, interest inventories around that, around that space to make sure people know what their purpose is. Mm -hmm. We talk about leaving the game. That's their life. They've been at the very top of their, their game and in basketball from being a small child all the way through adulthood. And then it stops. Yep. No one stops basketball unless you're one of the top three players. No one stops when you want to. No one just has their press conference and has their wife and kids next to them and, and cries it out. Most mm -hmm. of the time, those tears come behind closed doors when someone's told you it's over. We don't want you anymore. What does that look like for our players? It's it's rough. It, it, it's a complete transition identity crisis. So we're building a community. And so we're making sure everybody knows that once you're done playing, you're still part of the NBA. You're still part of a family. Still, still part of a team. And we're just building that team up, having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, you know, it's a pretty comprehensive approach. And I was listening to your first appearance on Mixtape. I think it was back in 2018. Our, you know, yeah. those are some guys that, that we listen to quite a bit. Mm -hmm. By the way, Dan and I do a lot of research. So, like, I know if you want to throw out a compliment about how professional and prepared <laughs> we were, like, save it for the end. Okay. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I remember one of the things that you said in one of those interviews was just that, it's not about before it was almost like looked at as a recovery thing, like helping right. guys who are kind of down on their luck or in a tough mm -hmm. spot. And now you you've made the shift to make it so that it's just, all right, the basketball, the playing portion of your life is now over. Let's see like what the next steps are. Let's help you get invested yeah. in yeah. whatever financial ventures. Um, I know you had mentioned, you know, guys going into broadcasting. So, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, you know, and it starts before you're done playing. And so the, the awareness factor we have now is showing the guys who are successful, who's got a good business going, who's in franchising, who's investing, who's doing the things that you may want to do when you're done playing. Let's bring them to the forefront. Let's yeah. show them, show their success, show what they're doing, and then have them talk about how they got there. That's the piece that that's really focused, that we're focusing on. So that no one leaves the game kind of going, oh, sh shit, what, where am I? What's next? Who do I call? We want you to know who to call. And even if it's one of the players who's involved with us, who's doing all that work, that's great. Because once they call, once, once they call the player, that player gets me on three-way. And I'll tell you, the guys we have right now, they're tremendous at this. Even uh, like Mario West over at the NBPA, constantly connecting with guys who are calling the PA saying, hey, I'm done. I need to know what's next for me connection services all the things we need to do the onboarding process is getting even quicker with regard to all the digital work we're doing and getting up to speed and you know mm -hmm. a mobile app is coming next for our players to have that community and so it's it's a constant process to make sure everybody knows 
where home is and then making home as comfortable and as, as supportive as possible. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because retirement in pro sports is so different from retirement in virtually everything else. Retirement in pro sports is like 30. <laughs> like if you're right lucky on. for yeah. some people, you know, it's not 65. It's, and, and it's, you know, from a fan's perspective, like from my perspective, it's interesting because these dudes re- retire and f- unless you're one of the lucky guys, like you mentioned, who gets into a high profile job like broadcasting or coaching or something like that, yeah. we don't know what happens to these guys. They could be working at, at Lowe's for all we know, like who knows, you know what I mean? So it, it's nice to have this um, resource, if, that, if that's the right word for it, to kind of help transition because you're not you're not think I would assume most players aren't thinking like this, you know, into year three, four, five of their NBA career. You know, they're not thinking what's next when they're 25 and signing their first non-rookie contract and, and shit like that. So it's, yeah. it's a phenomenal resource from what it sounds like, man. It's really, really good things. No, it, it is. And it's exciting to be a part of, but you know, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to kind of jump into that because there, there's a shift happening where there are more and more players thinking about it. No, yeah. no one wants to think about the end. Yeah. No, yeah. Nobody's thinking about the end. So the best part is, let's get started now while I'm playing. So yep. now you hear about the players with their production companies. Yep. They're, you know, the business and, you know. Well, it's awesome. cool now. It used to be not cool. Like now it's cool to have outside ventures of basketball. Even if you're not LeBron or KD with, you know, they have big profile things going on. But even for the average guy that you probably work with. Yeah, definitely. But making it cool was deliberate. And I give all yeah. the credit <laughs> of the world to the players who, yep. who knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They knew that, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to show everybody. I'm going to make sure a press release goes out to say, I'm invested in this company. Mm-hmm. I'm involved in this tech firm or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing these different things so that everyone else can see it. And they and they lead the right way. I mean, because really, it's about leadership. It really is about yeah. who who in that locker room is the person who everyone's going to follow. Mm-hmm. Same thing with our organization. It's, it's a locker room. So mm-hmm. those who get out there and lead. Other players are going to look at them, they're going to follow them. And knowing that is important because because it makes sure your steps are measured yep. and you're doing the right things. You're looking backwards and pulling people with you. And so 10 years ago, we couldn't have this conversation. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. 10 yeah. years ago, we were going and pulling guys out of bad situations. Mm-hmm. We were we were fielding phone calls of, you know, of all the despair in the world. And it's like, I mean, how do we get, a, how, how do we get around this when that's not the full narrative? Mm-hmm. And it was all about the active players deciding that they were going to be the ones out front. I mean, let I me, mean, you, you have to admit, all the leadership you see right now with the active NBA players is unprecedented and it's almost otherworldly when you see yep. not just the activism, but the impact that it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah for sure. LeBron, CP3, um, I think Iguodala is, is a yeah. pretty big voice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, Definitely the stars are, are pulling their weight for sure. Yeah. Um, question, Scott, where are you guys, where is like the home base or where are you guys located? Because I know you're a Chicago guy, right? Yeah. yeah. So our main office is in Chicago. We moved out of New York about 2011. I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to be more, um, you know, centralized and, you know, it's home, home base for, for me. I always, I, I was practicing in a law firm in Chicago and um, around 2011, a new CEO took over wanted to move to Chicago. We, we connected with some mutual uh, business business partners and, and broke out a deal and said, hey, if you move to Chicago, you know, we're already here. We're doing the legal work. Come, come on into our office. We'll, we have eight offices that are free. And that's how, it, it's, that's how it really started. It's kind of started for me as well. I mean, I was mm-hmm. outside legal counsel 
representing, you know, football players, some basketball players, and then doing some, some other, some pro bono work for associations. And so bringing this association on as a client was huge for us. You know, we were, we were breaking even every year, but the, I think the association was at a point where it needed a lot more hands-on with regard to governance and structure. You know, the, the, the CEO who hired me to come on was basically tasked with, all right, we have a great association. How do we make it as professional as possible. So as a lawyer, I was much more involved than you probably wanted a lawyer to be in your association, but it was all part of a plan to kind of put, put some things together. Now in 2020, we've put all those things together and we're looking towards the future. Like, okay, everything's in place. Everything is good right, right now. Now, where do we go next? How do we build this and how do we make it more relevant? And so, you know, it's been a journey. I'll, I'll tell you, like, you know, next year will be my 10th year with the association all in. I think I joined uh, as a full-time employee in 2013, became 20, became interim CEO 2017, and then early 2018 got the job. And I look back and I'm just like, man, if somebody actually figured out that I was getting paid to do this, boy, everybody would be in trouble. But yeah, uh, you know, it's it's good stuff. And again, yeah. the association, um, you know, I'm so thankful to have the opportunity with the association. But the association is the players. And again, yeah. we 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 did a we we recorded today with Karan Butler on our Legends Live. I saw that. Uh, and I'm buzzing off of that because Quran has yep. done so much work. Like we keep saying, you know, former all-star and NBA champion Quran Butler. That mm -hmm. conversation is going to change moving forward for me because now I'm going to say community organizer, political activist Quran Butler because he yep. worked his ass off in Wisconsin. And when you look at Wisconsin flipping over blue, uh -huh. that wasn't without grassroots work. And, you know, for the past, I don't know, six to eight months, when you see Karan, he's been in Wisconsin. He hasn't been in LA where his home base is. He, he's, he set up home base in Wisconsin. That's real work. That's real activism. That's real putting your money where your mouth is. And so, you know, that, that gets me going. It gets me really fired up. And I'm fired up right now because yeah. we had a chance to talk to him about it. You know, Tyler and Karan had a great conversation and you felt the passion coming out of him. And it's like, damn, all right, if he's going to do that, how am I going to be better at what I do to make sure and I'm taking the association to the next level. It's all yeah. exciting. It really is. No, it 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 definitely is. And and um, what was I going to say? I it actually reminded me. I did I did a quick question for you. So that and I, I did I did watch uh, at least the beginning of uh, the Karan Butler conversation tonight or this afternoon, whenever it was, which was great. But you, you mentioned you know all these this great resource it is for players. When is this? When is this? idea or this resource you guys have when is this like introduced to players because i assume coming out as a draft pick they probably have no idea what the hell this is you know what and i mean they, so and they, they don't want to know about it look <laughs> 18 19 years old you don't hear it yeah i'll call you in 30 years yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna have a 25 year career yeah I'm play forever all that get out of my face and so <laughs> we stopped doing that we, we stopped with the sit down in the room Okay. about what retirement is as their eye <laughs> plays over and they're on their phones and yeah. we stopped all of that. Well, I was going to say, so but, it's not just part of like open enrollment season, like at any other <laughs> like company. No, you know what? It, well, look, your benefits. You know, all, you know, in all fairness, there mm -hmm. are those sessions and there are all those conversations that happen. Yeah. Do I believe those are the sessions that really work for this? No, yeah. I, I'll tell you, but I'll, I'll tell you straight up. The, the biggest thing we can do is have our players out front Yep. being very visible and that's what's happening now so yeah mm -hmm. our you know our quarterly magazine it goes to all the locker rooms all the players see it that's mm -hmm. one touch point um but 
again, they're seeing the guys who they looked up to and some guys who they played with out there doing great things. When they do it, they're, they're flying our flag. That's what makes the players aware of their retired players association, the great things it can do for you. Again, nobody, nobody wants to be told about what happens when they retire. Cause right. we basically stop using the R word, although it's in our formal name, we don't mm-hmm. say retire. We say former player because retirement is for 65, 65 and up. Yeah. You retire from the game. You transition out of the game. You, you, you end that chapter of your life, but then you become a, a whatever else you're going to be, mm-hmm. whether it's just a dedicated dad yep. or a broadcaster or a coach or, you know, investor, financial advisor, accountant, who, who knows, who cares? It's up to them to decide what they want to do, but they're definitely not retiring. They're just turning the page. That, that's actually a good point too. You know, we're, we're focusing this conversation on what do you want to do career-wise after basketball? I'm sure for some people, it's just, you know, now maybe I want to spend some more time with my kids. Now, maybe I want to be a better husband. Now, what the fuck do I do? I'm not on a plane 40 times a year. Right. <laughs> what now? So exactly. that's cool, man. That's, that's, that's very, um, I think you used the word earlier. It's a very powerful resource for a lot of these dudes. For sure. For sure. And, you know, look, we're not, we're not going to give up on, you know, the, the structure of trying to present the programs and things to players. But um, I just really feel like the power of all of this is in the leadership of players, like pushing it back on the players. Every time you hear me talk, I'm going to push it back on the players because they're the ones who are out there doing all of this. Um, you know, I spent the first five years of my time with this association running in the roadblocks with, hey, you know, join the Retired Players Association. Mm-hmm. You should join. Well, why should I join? And I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell a 32 year old about programs that were set up for guys who are 55 and 60. Like, you know, we got AARP with us. I was, dude, I was just going to say, it's like when I get the AARP shit in the mail, it's like, ah, no, it's no, 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 no. It's not working, right? No, so, 30 years old, bro. Come on. So the goal, the goal now is to create a, a situation where people are calling us saying, Hey, I heard y'all passed out checks last week for royalties. <laughs> oh, work? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm looking at my list and, you know, you, you need to, you need to sign up so you get your paid. People leaving money on the table, but not getting involved with us. You know, we have a really nice deal with the NBA where we're paying out all the royalties, almost all the royalties for all the 2K games. Mm. Think about that. You know, why are you not in the game? Why have you signed? It's just simply signing paperwork, things like that. So mm. we want to create the, the, um, I guess the brand awareness to where people are calling us instead of us calling them. And, and we've seen that now. Yeah. How much would I have to pay to be in the game? <laughs> so um, how, how tall are you? Oh, uh, that's a private question. I'll, uh, right. That's okay. like asking who I'm voting for. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a good five, seven, at least. Dan, I think he answered the question. Mm-hmm. Next question. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think you already answered it. Got you. Got Moving you. on. All right. <laughs> Muggsy, Muggsy Bogues pre-up. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, what I was going to ask you, Scott, is um, are there any players where, like, when, when they're done playing, and we won't use the R word now, but right. when, when they're done playing, you actually have to file papers to officially retire, right? So, yeah, to officially retire for like pension and benefits purposes with the NBA, there's paperwork you, you fill out. You okay. can join our association while you're playing. There's nothing official about retiring with us because we don't, we don't pay pension. We don't do the health care. 
I mean, so we, we do licensing royalties and other benefits. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are players now who are playing right now who have signed up with us saying, all right, when I'm done, I, it's going to be just a smooth, easy transition. Um, and there are players who walk away from the game who never filed paperwork. It, it's just, you know, just depends on how you want to do it. That's yeah. what I was wondering, because I was wondering is if, if there's a <laughs> list and it's like, Yep. Rashid Wallace 99 out of 100 people. Paperwork. <laughs> yeah, but Vince Carter, for some strange reason, still just hadn't hasn't filed. Like, is he is he coming back? Is this Brett Favre or what's going on here? <laughs> but <laughs> you know, hey, look, as, as much as much as a player may want to say, I'm not going to retire. I'm not going to file my paperwork. The decision nine times out of ten is not theirs, and so I think that's why we get into so much of the the back and forth with um, with players who are who are done or or coming back and they're they're gonna make a comeback or they you know they yeah. still got some gas left in the tank. That's not their decision. Nine times out of ten, it's not. Well, most, there has to be that decision is made for yeah. them, right? Right. So, you know, I it, mean, it, it gets tough for them. There has to be some some legal document that that um, defines you either as a free agent or as a as a retired player. Because you brought up two K, and I'm just thinking two K. Like when you do like a fantasy draft in 2K, there's still dudes like once you get to like the 7, 8, 10, 11 round that are in there and it's like, oh shit, like I, I thought this guy was retired. Like I'm trying to think of an example, but huh. Isaiah I remember, Ryder. Yeah, I'll draft <laughs> what's, he, what's he doing in here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's interesting. And that must be, I mean, you brought up, I just thought this was funny. You brought up the word pension earlier. So like, yeah. do these, like when these guys are, I just, this just seems so, sounds so silly saying like, when I become like drafted and employed by like the Cleveland Cavaliers, like, do I just every November I opt in for my, here's what I do for my medical plan, my dental plan, my 401k, yeah. my pension. Yeah, the NBA is a corporation, man. Yeah. Look, they got, That's crazy. It, it's that is so weird. Everything in sports, you know, we talk about sports business and all that. Yeah. Every, it's, it's, it's the same like Microsoft or any other company. Yeah. <laughs> You've got accountants, you've got HR, you've got everyone who runs it. And there's an entire business side that people just don't see, they don't assume. But, you know, it, it's a very well-oiled, sophisticated machine. And, you know, our part of our job is to take a lot of that that paperwork and all the other things and demystify yeah. it for the player. Yeah. No, you know, cool. they had a business manager or their wife or someone has managed it their whole life. Yeah. So they come to us and like, all right, well, in now that, what do I, I do? a conversation today, literally mm-hmm. a conversation today with a guy who referred to us and he says, all right, I'm done. What do I do next? <laughs> you know, so I have like form email set up. Hey, here, we'll click this link. We'll do this. We'll do these couple things. Again, players aren't players aren't dumb. They're not. Right. They they just haven't been exposed to like the the basic things that some of us do on a, on a regular basis because sure. their focus is on ball. Yeah. In order to be an NBA player, your focus has to be on the game. Yep. And as soon as you get to a certain level, and that's that level is probably like middle school now, people are handling everything for you. They want to make sure your focus is on the game. And unfortunately, some people want they want to make sure that their focus is on a segment of your life where they you're needed, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so the endorsements, boom, accounting, all this, everything's handled for you. Once you're done playing, those people go away. Yeah. And so the, the ones that hold that, the ones that hang on, God bless them because we, we work with a lot of them as well, but that's done. So the player's going, okay, everyone's gone. What's next for me? And, mm-hmm. and, and where do I go from here? That's where we come in and that's where we really fill that gap. 
trust me i i can definitely relate like when i got to i was getting up there in my intramural uh bocce ball league scott mm-hmm. and you know people were trying to get at my pockets left and right and eventually once once i hung it up i was like oh that's funny everyone disappeared so at five seven bocce ball i'm thinking <laughs> you 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 were still kind of a walk-on right he was no 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 full scholarship you got a full damn son there it is but you were yeah. you were undrafted though to the pros <laughs> you're an undrafted yes. free agent that's right yes. i always get those confused sorry nice. um nice. actually ironically enough next episode we have the the retirement association ceo of the national bocce ball coming on so we're kind of doing like a retirement special week going into no it. no you know what i, I you, look you Look, probably know him. You saw him at like network meetings and stuff. I can't recall his name for the life of me, but you know, you know what? We we all meet. We all meet. All the association has meet once a year. Yeah. <laughs> and so I heard he was coming on next week. Yeah. He told me he was like, yeah. "Look, if you make make sure you have a good conversation with yeah. these guys, and let me know mm-hmm. how it goes because you know he, he doesn't want to get caught off guard." Yeah. No, no. He's a great guy. <laughs> Go ahead. Sir. Um, just being from from Boston, Scott, mm-hmm. we. I think we got a good candidate. Honestly, this is a serious question. Um, who I, I, he's been in the league for a few years. You guys probably have your eyes on Jalen Brown a little bit. Is that safe to say as in terms of like a guy who's like a good leadership got a model for the rest of the league? No, he's excellent leader. And so mm. you say we have our eyes on him. So he and Isaiah Thomas are very close. He and Isaiah Thomas have a really good mentor-mentee relationship. And Isaiah's actually brought him around us a few times. Uh, two summers ago, during the NBA Summer League, we had our summer conference. And, you know, Summer League has turned into this jamboree of all basketball. Yeah. And uh, Jalen spent a good amount of time around the retired players in the association, you know, just organically hanging out, you know, top golf, you know, just talking with the guys and just figuring out, um, you know, what, what, what the guys are about. Yeah, just the normal exposure you were talking about. It's it's got to be organic. Mm-hmm. Everything is forced in 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 a, an athlete's life. Everything is forced. Everything is structured, and it's so if we can take away all that structure and just give organic information like that, that's the best thing. But credit to Jalen, he was the only active player that really hung out with us in summer league and just really just chopped it up with guys and and just just well, you know part of the part of his crew, part of the team. And so now seeing him do so much great work it makes sense to us because he picked a great one as a mentor. Isaiah Thomas, you know, Hall of Fame, top five all-time point guard, but in real life, outside of basketball, tremendous businessman, tremendous leader, community activist, all these types of things. And so, you know, Jalen's, Jalen's ahead of his time with a lot of those. Um, yeah, definitely. Now. But, you know, he's living in, in the way that you want to see active players live and knowing that when he retires, yes, Am I gonna call him? Say, like, man, look, we got a board seat over for you, Jed. We gotta come on board. We gotta do some more work together, right? Yeah. Give 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 us like give us some time, Scott. Give us like 10 more years of, of prime JB and then do whatever the hell you want with him. But I, I well, I, I I'll tell you what. Um I, I'm hoping I'm around when that time you retire. Yeah, that's fair. Whoever's there, yeah. they better go get some Jalen Brown, right? Yeah, good point. He's like fucking 23 or 24 or some shit. Yeah. Um what what is Isaiah? That's a good point. What is Isaiah Thomas doing now? You, you mentioned he's a pretty successful businessman and stuff post post. So, you know, Isaiah was one of the guys who really early out of his, out of this time in the league, yeah. jumped into investing in businesses. And so he's huh. got a, he's, he's got a, an upstart champagne company, uh, Shoreline, mm-hmm. 
it's not, well, I'll say it's upstart. His involvement is in it is really pushing the U.S. based market. Mm. But the company has been around for you know years and years and years. It's a French family. He's gone into business with you mm. know he owns the grapes that come off the land in in, in France, and he's Damn. building that business up. You know, it, it, again, it's organic. He has a deal with us as retired players. He's working with the active players to get the word out. And so, you know, he's been doing a lot in real estate all across the board, but his newest venture, he's also in, he's, I know he's in a cannabis uh, business as well. I'm not, I'm not sure the, the name of the company, but he's always moving. He's always yeah. helping. I, I can see that. really is the best way for players who are accustomed to going, going, going during their season is to yeah. stay busy. He's doing those things. But no, you know, love Isaiah, love, love the energy he brings. Mm-hmm. Isaiah's the, well, I'll say his, he was the first top 50 player of all time to come into our office and say, hey, I want to sit down with you all and talk through what I can do for the association. Oh, that's dope. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. cool. No, it's a very, Matthew, obviously. Matthew Johnson has been supportive, but Isaiah, mm. during my time, called and say, Scott, I'm in town. I want to sit down and talk with you. We said, all right, clear our schedules. Let's talk to Isaiah. Let's figure out what we can do. Yeah. I mean, I would assume that's, um, I shouldn't say assume, but I, I can see how that's a commonality. I mean, these guys, like you mentioned earlier, they are driven competitive people from the age of six, right? <laughs> to like 35. I find it very hard to believe someone's like, all right, I'm retired. I've made millions of dollars. I'm done. No, no way. Like they got to find something else to compete in business, obviously, is kind of the natural segue outside of outside of competitive sports. You got to keep moving. You you, you have to keep moving. You have to keep going. Um, For some guys now, it's not even about money. It's just about having something to do. Exactly. Um, Or, you know, let's be clear. Let's stay in the hell out of the house, right? You've been a special (laughs) athlete your whole life. You've got a wife. You've got your kids. You like them, you love them, but sure. but shit, now you're with them every day. Yeah. And now you yep. figure out you and your wife really don't like each other that much. You figure yeah. out the kids will drive you crazy. All right, now it's time to go. Yeah. Pandemic 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when Soapy retired from bocce ball recently, correct me if I'm wrong, bro. You and your dog were like, you had you just had to get out of there. Like you guys oh. were at each other's throats. Yeah, that became a, a love-hate relationship that I, I never would have seen coming down that way. It's unfortunate, <laughs> but what are you going to do? Um, yeah, hey man, season is two weeks long. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Stop that's playing. fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, wanted to ask you about this. I think you kind of, um, touched on it briefly earlier, but a, a mutual friend of the program, um, Trill Withers, Tyler, who now works with you guys. Um, he's doing his thing with the legends live program, which is phenomenal. Uh, you mentioned the, the most is Crom Butler. That's the most recent episode, right? I think that yeah. was today. No. Yeah. We, we take that today. Yeah. How did that relationship come about and how did that kind of project get started? Yeah, let me sit up for this one so it's a good one. Um, no, you know what? Uh, <laughs> so we were, when, when we, we made a, a real effort to get into the media space about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were working with some, um, some, some media professionals who connected us with mixtape. So we had yep. our chairman at the time, Spencer Haywood, went on mixtape and mm-hmm. the guys would say, hey, we need to get you on. We need to get you on. So, you know, I, I knew of Tyler and Coley. I had, you know, I followed them and, you know, I basically followed and unfollowed Tyler about four times <laughs> because it's like, it's like, man, this guy is funny. Then it's like, man, this dude's out of his mind. I'm, I'm not following up. What the hell is he talking about? And then, you know, you keep go back and forth and it's like, all right, you know, I, I, I like dude, you know, he really, he really has some fun stuff to say. Yeah. Um, so, you know, eventually we worked it out where they say, Scott, you should go on mixtape. It just, it just so happened that I was in New York. And um, 
it was funny because it, it was the day after the Red Sox won the World Series. Mm-hmm. So I'm in New York for NBA meetings. I stop. I, I go by the Barstool office and mm-hmm. um, Devlin jumps out. You know, the, the whole office of Barstool, literally, you, you get off the elevator, you're in the middle of their office. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it was so, always awkward. You enter and then like Dave's desk is right to the right. Right. You're on like a Facebook live video when you don't even know it. So I, I've got I've got these serious business meetings with Adam Silver in the NBA <laughs> later that day. So I'm in a suit. And yeah. so I walk in with a suit. I got my luggage with me. I walk in. Everyone looks up like, who in the hell is this? Who are these kids? Yeah. So, so like, so Devlin jumps out. I was like, hey, what's up, Scott? You know, we, we got you ready. Um, you know, you want a breakfast sandwich? Yeah, these like bags of breakfast sandwiches for everybody in the corner. I was like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So like, all right, where, where's my interview? They had like one interview room. So I go in, I sit down, I'm looking around. I'm like, all right, what's happening here? So again, <laughs> let, let, let me remind you, the Red Sox won the World Series the night before. I don't think Coley woke up for another two days. So it's <laughs> like, so all right, all right, cool, cool. So I'm going, you know, and I, I, you know, I'll give him a full pass on that. So you sit down and do the interview. And it's the best interview I've ever done. Like it's, you know, and I'm I'm looking at mixtape, like, all right, you all about to be crazy. Like, what kind of crazy question to get? It was the literally the best interview I've ever done. It yeah. was great questions. It was really, you know, he had done his research. We had we really just we killed it that day. Yep. Left, left the offices, you know, they gave me some some merch and stuff. And I look at my phone and it's like, oh my God phone's going crazy like everyone loves us I'm like all right it worked out well mm-hmm. and so we just we just talked about you know from that point on like this fits you all what you all do and your love for the game fits with what we're trying to do as an association and building just awareness around it and yeah. we just vibe and so after that interview we had them come out to DC we did a players party um out in DC where we had you know, 20, 25 DC players coming, you know, we just, we just kind of chopped it up and had a community event. Mm-hmm. Those guys came out, did interviews. We, we had a great time. Tyler signing autographs. And we just <laughs> kept building on that, man. And, and, you know, they're just good guys. Like yeah. I was, you know, it's heartbroken when, when Tyler left uh, mixtape, mm-hmm. I wasn't heartbroken when he left Barstool. I was heartbroken right. when he left mixtape because I knew right. that meant that he and Coley had to split. With I agree. Point. Um, you know, Tyler's, Tyler left Barstool for the, at the right time for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I still keep contact with people over there. And, you know, like, you know, Coley, I'll, I'll always ride with Coley. And, you know, mm-hmm. Devlin and, and there are people over there who are just really good people. But um, when, when it was time for Tyler to go, we just, we always stayed in contact. You know, he, yeah. he always came out, he came out the All-Star Weekend with us uh, in Charlotte, came back out this year in Chicago. And just the vibe was there. The staff was is all we just really just it was just a good vibe and I believed yep. in him what he was trying to do. I didn't always feel as if he had some of the support that I wanted him to have. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I see the talent and I see what he can do. And so when the things didn't work out at Barstool, again, we kept contact and it was like, man, our players really love you. I love seeing how you work with the players. Mm-hmm. Let's get something going. And, you know, he had a lot of interest. I'm, I'm telling you, like when he left, everyone wanted to work with them. But I think the vibe won out. And I think we decided that we're going to do this together because it, it really does fit well. And look, he has a lot of different things going on. We weren't yeah. trying to do anything. We we're going to hold him back. But I'll tell you this, I'm going to continue to try to find opportunities where we can do something together that takes him and our brand to the next level. 
Because, yeah. you know, I, I just, you know, just good people. You know, mm-hmm. how many times does Tyler make you laugh a day? Right. Like, you know, multiple times. Well, that, that's the vibe we're looking for. We want people to come into what we're doing and make you enjoy, you know, the game of basketball, tell some fun stories, have a good time with it, and take all the stodginess out of it. Take all the, you know, the, the, the suit and tie and, well, tell us your you know, tell us your take on this defense. No, t- yeah. talk about what happened in the locker room. And like, like who, who in the locker room slapped the shit out of you when you were <laughs> like, you know, those right. kind of stories. And that's the fun we want to have. Sometimes yeah. I have to tell Tyler, like, you know, hey man, like loosen up a little bit. Just because it's us doesn't mean you have to be so, you know, so formal because that's what we want to have. And so, yeah. no, those guys are great guys. Um, I've done mixtape a few times. And again, you know, having them with us now, it, it's, it's just special for the players. It, it, does it bring more, Attention from a different demographic? Absolutely. Does that demographic love basketball? Yes. And so the combination of the two is amazing. Yeah. It no, it's great. And and that's that's a great point because I mean we were um I guess fortunate enough to have Tyler jump on our show a few weeks back, a month back or so. And it's just like one thing we've we've kind of real not to go on like a tangent, but one thing one thing we've realized since we kind of started this thing is there's a lot of people out there that are just genuine yourself included, just genuine good dudes, like who have no reason to really, they're helping us out. You know what I mean? Like Tyler was cool enough to just hop on the show. We chopped it up for over an hour. And it's like, you know, looking back a year or so ago, we were talking It's like, dude, like we used to just, we'd listen to this guy's podcast. We'd follow him. Um, very entertaining. And then we literally just shot him a, a DM or two. And he's like, yeah, man, when y'all record, like, no problem, let's do it. And it's, it, it's just, it's, it's very eye-opening, I guess, to see like who some of the like quote unquote real ones out there are who are just genuine good dudes who want to get their message out, who want to have a conversation and not for nothing, just, just help people. And I think Tyler is the perfect, I think, I think he fits your brand uh, very well from what it, from what it sounds like after talking to you for a while, because he's a great, he can talk basketball for five hours. Uh, he can also talk the most miscellaneous shit you can think of for the next five hours. And somehow. And, and, and that was the whole point. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, he, exactly. He, Ron didn't talk about ball today. They talked about what's happening in real life. Sure. Like today, yep. today, I think our, our most viewed legends live was the day that the NBA players decided they weren't taking the court in the playoffs. Yep. Right. We were, we were, at, we we're at the office. We're looking around, you know, we're just looking at our phones like, like, Oh shit. They're not going to take the court. So yeah. in my mind, my, my mind, I think about the business side of it, like, damn, okay, there's a whole office full of people scrambling right now <laughs> trying to figure out what this means. And, you know, yeah. is, is this a, is it a boycott? Is it a strike? The mm-hmm. lawyer side of me is like, this is a strike. This is going to be bad. There's all these problems. Then you click out and go, okay, wait, there's no games tonight. Everyone is trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So and it started, started early, too. Players, yeah. That was and, like during the matinee games. <laughs> it's like yeah. a one o'clock tip off. It's like, oh, so shit. We, we, jumped, we jumped on live and we talked about it. We talked yeah. about why the players weren't talking, why, why they weren't playing, um, the issues behind it. We had, you know, Sam Perkins jumped on with us and we just talked. And, you know, that was to date is our highest viewed show. Yeah. And so being topical like that was important, but you can't do that with just anybody. Right. You know, Tyler was the perfect guy because Tyler will talk about anything with you. But at that moment, he knew exactly what questions to ask. And again, he and I do good interviews together because he he'll, he'll pull it out of you. And yes. you're just like, damn, I, I'm, I'm doing this live stream with him talking about this, uh, you know, social justice stuff. And I'm getting emotional. 
Like, all right, you on camera, man. You need to settle down and bring it down a little bit. Uh, but that's a good interviewer, right? That's that's someone who really brings it for you. That's what our players want because our players want to talk about more than just basketball. They're more than just basketball players. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean that that I'm, I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up because that's the vibe we're going for. We mm-hmm. want to have fun. The players are more than just that. And if you all had an opportunity to sit in some of the conversations I sit in mm-hmm. and listen to the stories they tell about each other, oh man, it's it's amazing. Like yeah. it, it literally literally stuff that you could you could write a book about and he, ruin people's lives it's that good it's just it's mm. great i mean the beefs that players still have to this day we've been around players where they'll they'll tell you like to this day i can't be in the same room with that guy mm. well really well tell, tell me why not and then they go through it all and they get amped up and it's like this is real this is really yeah. great or you hear uh, about the guy the excuse me hmm? who who <laughs> i don't get involved in that I have look. I'm a Chicago guy, right? I, yeah. I born and bred Chicago Bulls fan. Yes, I watched. I watched that drama and that beef happen, <laughs> and it was like you watch the Detroit team beat up on Superman mm-hmm. and everyone you know who is greatest to you, and then you finally get over that hump, and you're like, yeah, those guys aren't that bad anymore. Mm-hmm. Now that, that that shit stays with you, uh, <laughs> and so. So when Isaiah, when Isaiah first came in the office and sat down and talked to business, I'm thinking, thinking, damn, this is wild. This is wild. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're not he, open. He's a Chicago <laughs> guy. So he's a Chicago right. guy Good at point. heart. Yeah, and so true. he's constantly dealing with this. And it's like, <laughs> and that was like 30 years ago. Like, why are people still like so, you know, heated? And there was one time in particular where, you know, guys were, were doing media. This is like, I don't know, four or five years ago. Guys were doing media and his name was coming up. And, you know, he kept, he always kept professional, always kept it there. But I know in his mind, he was thinking, why are we still dealing with this? And then fast forward to the last dance. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, we, we know, we know, we know what's coming in the yeah. last dance. Mm-hmm. And then watching him be on the show, be in, in the documentary mm-hmm. to talk through it. That was the ultimate sign of character. And I'll tell you why. We were involved in getting players to do interviews so we we set up some of them and there's a lot of interviews on the cutting room floor but we Mm. were very active in providing space and time for players to do their interviews oh wow there are a lot of players you didn't see in that documentary there are a lot of players who did not sit down who would not sit down so so were you you were contacted by the last dance people yeah Wow. So it's it's an ESPN production. The NBA's heavily yeah. involved. Yeah, true. So so we we were you know during All Star Weekend in Charlotte, you know they they reached out and said, hey, we know you're gonna have a hundred so guys there. Um, you know, can we we can we get some interviews done? And so you know the team put together a studio for them. They came in, they did some of those interviews at at our space at All Star Weekend. And, and that's not that's not out of the blue. A lot of people do that. We have a media day at All Star where, you know, we bring in probably 15 to 20 outlets, you know, you guys, you guys act right. We may, we may have you all come out, you know, if we ever get an all-star weekend back, but <coughs> we, we were, we, we were doing that. Right. Yeah. That was a, that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but they were asking us, Hey, can you line these guys up? Mm-hmm. Calling them, Hey, you know, doing a Jordan documentary and, you know, we want to, you know, have you interviewed and the question is, well, well, why? Well, you know, we talk <laughs> about the, the era. Yeah. And there were guys who said, I don't want to talk about Mike. There were guys who said, mm. I've, I've, I've done enough 
for him or I'm tired of talking about it or man, I, man I'm Chris Mullen. I'm tired of talking about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the person who the person who took the most criticism that's a very good point. That's a very good point. On that that uh that documentary. Man, that's a great point. No Patrick Ewing, no John Starks, no Pacers guys outside of Reggie, right? I'm just trying to think. Carl Malone wasn't on the show. Um, Mark Jackson wasn't on it, I don't think. And he's mm-hmm. a huge, obviously, media guy, works for ESPN. That's a that's a phenomenal point. I didn't even think about You think you're just so focused on the memes yeah. and the shit that comes out with people who were on the show. You don't think about the guys who didn't want anything to do with it. That's a, that's a really good point. And please believe everyone was asked. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone was that. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, you know, when, when you look at when you look at it like that and, you know, you want to question Isaiah's integrity. Yep. He stood in there. He stood in there and he, and he and you know what? He gave his shots as well. And he said it. Yep. He, he deserved to have certain things. I mean, he was the in only position, piston, right? I have to remove any judgment or any thought from that. And I look at it and just go, yeah, that's solid, man. Yeah. That's solid. He, he was the only real piston that had like a, a real sit down, right? I think John I think. Sally was on it too. Oh, John Sally was. John Sally was. Yep. Um, John Sally was. No Limbeer. No, I guess that's it. Well, well, yeah, but not as a Piston. Um, now, yeah. You remember, point. the Pistons had their own 30 for 30. Yeah, yeah. good point. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, <laughs> just take, just take what we did. They down twice. You know, they yeah. <laughs> wasn't a version of the ESPN of 30 for 30. Yeah. Want to talk about that subject. And that was a big part. That's a good point. That was a big part of the bad, not a big part, but that was a part of the bad boys documentary, the Jordan rules and all that shit. So oh, you're right. Yeah. Just, 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 just green screen my background and just take the take I gave you a couple of years <laughs> ago. My thoughts haven't changed. Right. So Scott, earlier you That's mentioned, uh, you know, Tyler, one of his greatest things is just being able to ask off the cuff questions. Mm-hmm. We try to do that a little bit on here. Have, have a little fun. I thought that was the perfect fun. transition to uh, fun in the middle of a pandemic. God, yeah. you're responsible. I know. I've been, I've been, I've been waiting for it. You know, I'm going to put my on for this interview. Come on. All right. So you you being a Chicago guy, I'm, I'm going to get right to the nitty gritty. You being a Chicago shit. guy, you you obviously still pay attention to like the, the present day game, right? In the league and everything. To a certain extent, yeah. Okay. Wendell Carter. Um, he averaged 11 points, nine rebounds last year. I don't know if you saw this. He's been putting shots up on Twitter too. See that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've seen that. Yes, I have. <laughs> Thoughts on uh, how he handled the situation? You know, in, in situations like this, we, we have a we have a handbook, and it, it kind of talks us through how to handle these type of situations with players and things. And um, you know, I, I've memorized this top of my head. I know it for I know it for sure. It is shooters shoot. That's it. Fair. Very fair. Shooters shoot. I think that's Dan's got it. one. No, that's it. Um, um, you know, you mentioned thoughts and Wendell Carter shooting a shot at thoughts. And here we are. <laughs> I don't know who that was. Who was that? That was like an OnlyFans model or something. She, I think she was like a rapper, an artist, Justina oh, Valentine, something like that. Gotcha. But I think it actually did come out to be that he was hacked because it, he was also sending the yeah, same so message to Saquon Barkley. And it was just, <laughs> hey, check your DM, check your DM, check your DM. Yeah. Is that real? No, you know what? Yeah. It, it's, no, I've, 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 I've seen people get, get hacked in that same way. But <laughs> even if he hadn't been hacked, he's a shooter, right? Yeah. He is. He is. And it is, it is the summer. And actually, off season, season or 
off season or in season, tis the season. <laughs> if, look, if any, if anyone is going to take that shot on Instagram, mm-hmm. it's going to be an NBA player. Oh, that's not even a question. Yeah. There's a level of there's a level of confidence that is unmatched in any pro sports. Yeah, most of the time it's J.R. Smith. I I feel like J.R. Smith mostly does it. Um, and again, I, I like we know each other, we're cool, but I don't know him that well. I feel like most of his stuff is straight to DM. I don't think he publicly does it, unless I just haven't seen him publicly do it. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. I've I, I've got the book here. Hold on, give me a second. Oh, give me shit. a second. Oh, oh, under shooter. Oh, I see Jr.'s picture. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then he is literally the the picture of open forum shooting your shot. For for the audio listeners, Scott did pull out a very thick, <laughs> very thick. Not watch yeah. the video. Damn. Um. Let Let's do this. Let's transition to some music real quick. What's up? Um. You've been hearing what we've had to say, so I assume your your hearing is fine, and you listen to music and some whatever free time you might have. Mm-hmm. You're a Chicago guy. Chicago's known for some, I think, some good music. No pun intended. Are you a Kanye guy? Are you other Chicago-based guys? What's what's Scott Rochelle's music choice look like? It doesn't look very Chicago. I'll tell you that. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say if you, if you said Chance the Rapper, we were gonna end this real quick. Oh you like wait, the wait, wait. Oh, we never talked about this, bro. Wow! Yeah, I know. You, I like no, no. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing. You, you, you have a legitimate beef with Chance? Speaking no, of no. We we squashed it's a, it. It's a, it's a botchy beef. It's a long, it's a long story. I was gonna say five, seven, five, eight and a half. <laughs> I, I, I want to see that matchup right there, bro. It was close. <laughs> yeah, they threw hands a little bit, a little bit. No, but uh, yeah, what's what's on your uh, what's on your iPod or iPhone? <laughs> so you know what? It's <laughs> <laughs> on your iPod, Scott. <laughs> So the the word must be out then that you know you know I have an iPod. I also I also I also, I also use a BlackBerry. I'm old school like that. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Old school businessman. Mm-hmm. Respect I, it. You know what? I, I need the buttons. Yeah. I need I need I need the buttons so that you know saying if I if I if I'm if I'm falling asleep at night and I grab the phone I'm just mm-hmm. it's good. <laughs> uh, but no, you know what? I I I just look. I just downloaded a couple. Um, so you know what? I, 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 I'm gonna admit this, St. John. I've been um, I, I've, I've been vibing to dance music, especially for workouts. It's just like mm. I, I, I think to some some good dance music, like house music, like EDM yeah, you know music. What? Gotcha. Yeah, house music, a little, okay. a little bit of techno. Okay. This this pandemic has put me in a position where I just want to like zone out and, and lose, get lost in my thoughts. Yes. So so it's better I, than reality. So, doing yes. a lot of dance and um, uh, you know music like that just to you know doing a workout or something, but yeah. you know Busta Rhymes just dropped. I downloaded it, have not listened to it yet. Full disclosure. New Busta Rhymes. Uh, what's up? New a new Busta Rhymes just dropped. Yes, yes. Speaking, of, speaking of retired players, I didn't know that. Yeah, news to me. Come on, man. Let's <laughs> go. You know, I, as a matter of fact, I, I think the two of you all are probably in elementary school the last time you dropped an album. I'm going to give you a pass on that. It's possible. A, I'll take the compliment, and B, that's certainly possible. Yeah, right, right. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, Benny the Butcher, Freddie Gibbs, all those yeah. guys right now, I'm mm. giving them a chance because I think they're making good music. Okay. I think that we, we for a long time, we just had that's really fair. shit music. Yep, you know, that's fair. We had, you know, little this, little that, you know, these <laughs> 
you know, you know, they're, yeah. they're crying and whining on the record, and it's like this, this isn't good music. You know, those guys are making good music, so I'm gonna give it a chance and vibe to it. But um, you know, it, it, it's okay. a it's a situation for me where I'm I like the old school, and yeah. so I got Public Enemy rotating. Okay. Especially for the time period, I think the public enemy, sure. I think they've missed an opportunity right now to really be out front. Um, mm. You got you got rappers just kind of falling over themselves. Rappers have had a really bad showing in the public, especially in politics as of late. I think like Chuck D, you know, if you, you get a snippet of Chuck D from, you, you all know who Chuck D is, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just making sure. Um, if you get Chuck D at any time in history in his music career, you take a soundbite from him, it'll be mm-hmm. relevant today. It would make yeah. sense today. Yeah. And so I've been enjoying that piece as well. Okay. So, um, boy, did you set Dan up? <laughs> so speaking of rappers and politics, I think we saw you recently um, tweet something about a. Speaking of Lil, and speaking of rappers and politics, yeah. Lil, uh, who was it, Soapy? Lil Dwayne, Lil, uh, Lil William, or something. <laughs> Lil Wayne had his photo op with, um, I haven't, again, I don't have CNN on right now. As of right now, the current president of the United States, Donald Trump. And then you went back and forth with someone and somehow no ceilings got brought up. It sounds like you're a fan of the, the mix, the, the actual mixtape, no ceilings by Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. What are That's some of your go-to cool. tracks? That is a dope mixtape. I enjoy it as well. One of the what greatest- are, I, I'm with you. Let me ask you this without getting too into the, in, too into politics what were your thoughts on on just scrolling your twitter feed like you probably do every afternoon seeing that picture and then part two if you want to talk about some of your favorite joints off off no ceilings okay yeah so look <laughs> prior to 20 i say prior to barack obama getting into office uh-huh. donald trump was basically just the personification of get money success business Mm. And those things are always going to line up. And bad with, hair. <laughs> you know, we had noticed back, back, you know, pre-2008. But that, now you're absolutely right. Um, and so we, we were just talking, you know, we were always talking about Donald Trump in the same sentence of get money, right? Callers. Yeah, definitely. So he, you know, and I, I watched The Apprentice. I enjoyed The Apprentice. But why did I, why did I watch it? Because I was like, man, I wish I could be in this show because I want to get money. Like, you want to learn business from this guy. Because at yeah. the point, the thought that he was, he, he represented what all that was. Yeah. During the time period, yeah, we grew up thinking that was the that, that was the gold standard of business. And so some of these rappers and some of the people and the celebrities who are rocking with him now, some are, some are legit friends. I've been around right. people that literally say, I can't stand his politics, but he's a, he's a lot of fun to be around. I believe that. Okay. I don't think some people have passed who've been friends with him before all this. Mm. But after he started talking crazy about Barack Obama, I changed my opinion. I was like, this guy's an asshole. And he really is stepping out of the zone of where he should be if he wants to maintain his position as somebody we look up to. Not everyone else did that. Not yeah. everyone else cares. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, there's a lot of jokes going around about Biden's tax plan. And who it who it impacts? Mm-hmm. But if I have millions of dollars, yeah. I may only care about that. I look, I get it. The problem mm-hmm. with but the problem with rappers and hip hop is this: there are times when they should just take a step back and not lead if they don't know what's happening. They don't always know that. They don't always know where that line is. 
Right. So when you get a call from the, the president and it's, oh, you know, we want, want you to come out and hang out, in their mind is thinking, I came from this position in life. I've never had anything. I've made myself, I'm a self-made dude. Donald Trump in their mind is self-made. So I'm, I'm going to get with him because what could go wrong? Yeah. Then, then you see a fucking picture of him. Good amount. <laughs> days, days before the election, it's like you got used. Yeah. That's the worst that could happen. You literally got used. But I'll tell you what right now, not one celebrity or hip hop artist who has endorsed Donald Trump or been with him impacted any fucking votes. Yeah, I agree. I think you could argue. And then Eminem comes right back and drops a Joe Biden endorsement like the day before. I think that was like Sunday or Monday. And he, he takes he Michigan. Dropped, he dropped a Donald <laughs> Trump this track back in 2016. Yeah. yeah. He, oh, yeah. That's true. Good the BET cipher. <laughs> yes. Good call. Look, rappers and entertainers, yep. they rap. Yeah, yeah. You have to stop expecting people to do things outside of their um, their role and their lane in our lives. Yeah. For those who, so, so those people who listen to the rappers and voted by what the rappers said, God bless them. <laughs> Let's hope they never vote again. It's Little Wayne. It's like rap. I agree with you in general, but I think Lil Wayne makes it even worse. And I, I, I like Lil Wayne, but it's like. Do I think Lil Wayne is is caught up in foreign affairs and <laughs> tax policies as nope. the average guy? I'm I'm leaning no. I I just don't think so. There was a great. I think I sent you the soapy. There was a great one from. Um, I think it was Michael Shea on on SNL, like uh, the news update he does, and he's like, "Let's also keep in mind, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne pours cough syrup in his Sprite. So what do we really know?" <laughs> You know, no, here, actually, right. So, so take the messaging. <laughs> on, on, on Monday, Little Wayne tells you to, you know, do foul things to women, pour, you know, pour cough yeah, syrup, right, pass right. out um, <laughs> rage and, and, and punch people in the face. And then on fr- by Friday, he's telling you to vote for this guy. Yeah. No, you know what? My, I don't see know, the issue. I, I hate to be an old fogey here, but my yeah. week's like Little Wayne's weeks. Mm-hmm. So, if on Friday he's telling me to vote for Donald Trump, I'm probably not going to do that because I haven't done what he's done Thursday, Wednesday, <laughs> Tuesday, Monday, any of that stuff anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. So let's go back to the music because um, I do, it is, I think it is important to try to keep them separated. Yeah. Um, when We've talked about this before. I think I'm like, I guess, I think there's certain artists who have had hard drop-offs. I think you could argue Kanye has. I think you could argue Lil Wayne has. I think there's a hard drop-off with Lil Wayne I think it's right up towards when he put out like a like rock and roll album or whatever it was. His mixtapes are always fire. You mentioned no ceilings. Yeah. Um, is that is that something you still play now? Like, are there old old tracks off old Wayne albums or mixtapes in general or no? Because I'm pretty sure you said no ceilings was goat, right? It was. I, I'll I'll tell you if I if I think through what's rotating through the music right now. Absolutely no, Little Wayne. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, is some of the best Lil Wayne was back ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, Hot Boys. Hot Boys. Yeah. So mm-hmm. his verse on Bling Bling comes up. Mm-hmm. I love that ride. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know things like that. Again, I I go back to what's classic, what's really good to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I'll be honest with you, I may I may have to pull some Wayne off of there just because when I think about when I hear his music now, I'm thinking about him in a stupid sweater 
sitting next to Cheeto Man. And it's like, God damn. Not great optics. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Scott, favorite uh, Kanye album? Mm. You know what? I think I think Jesus is my favorite. Wow. Really? Hot take. Okay. Scorching yeah. take. Yeah. Favorite. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't. I'm. I'm not. I was never the biggest Kanye fan. Right. Part of that, I vibe with him because he's from Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked his early production very early on. Do I think he's like pound for pound one of the the greatest rappers ever? Absolutely not. But mm-hmm. I think the composition of his music and what he puts together is really good. You know, for some reason, I'll, I'll tell you, I I first listened to Jesus around the same time, and not, not to get all morbid and deep on it, but when George Zimmerman, the news that George Zimmerman had been acquitted uh, came out, mm-hmm. and I had I had Jesus going, and for some reason, I just it it took me out of that that crazy space where I was thinking, man. This, you know, like for like 2020, look, look, looking forward to 2016, 2020, anything can happen, right? But I was like, damn, this guy can kill this kid and get off and it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus was running during that time. And there was a couple of jams on there. I was like, all right, I, mm-hmm. I, I like this Kanye. Um, but it was, it was, I think it was more the meaning behind it and not the music. Yeah. So sure. I'm not going to give Kanye too much burn and too much credit from this point on because he's just, He's different now. He's yeah. He's built different. <laughs> he's built different. <laughs> um, <clears throat> another another Chicago thing here. You're a White Sox fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Get down the Sox. Um, speaking of retired people, <laughs> what's up with Tony Larusa being hired as a manager there? Speaking of old white guys, yeah. <laughs> what's going on with that, man? You know, we were having a good interview. Just, you know, <laughs> I think my Wi-Fi is getting a little spotty. Right, right. You know, <laughs> it, 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 you, you bring this to us. You know what? Here, look, look. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say too much because this is a a professional sports organization in my city. That you know, who knows? One day I may be interviewing with them for a job or something. But that's fair. Um, fair. <laughs> But damn, Jerry Reinsdorf, man, he, he likes his friends. And he, he, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf calls the shots in the city. And mm-hmm. I'll say this, you saw parts of that in the last dance where yeah. Reinsdorf is boss. And I'm sure there are many people at the White Sox organization that were just saying, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. No, it, oh, it did it. Okay. All right. Well, let's make the best of it. And I think that's the feeling right now as well. All right. Well, we'll make the best of it. The difference is with Reinsdorf is that he always held the White Sox here and the Bulls here. Yeah. He got six rings with the Bulls, but so bizarre World Series. He let he let everyone know this is the championship that mattered. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this year we had turned a corner, a little playoff baseball. Yeah. It yep. didn't really work out for us, but it was like we look good and we look like we're gonna we're gonna do some things. And then here we go. <laughs> so, it it is quite a discrepancy between legit young talent and a rather old manager. And, and the, I guess the good news is, I guess for LaRusso's case is like, he, he is a, he's respectable. You know, he's one, he's a respectable major league manager. Is he in the hall of fame? Has he been retired enough long? So he's a hall of fame manager. So it's not like you can just like shit on this guy, but I can't quite see Tim Anderson and Tony LaRusso. 
just chopping it up, playing a little MLB, the show, you know what I mean? <laughs> Talking about uh, baseball strategy and they, how, how he, how he wants them to approach the three, one count and things of that nature. They, they won't be sharing iPod playlists. I know. That. I don't think so. <laughs> Look, you know what? I, I've, I've been in this business long enough and I've observed enough to know that I don't know what the hell's going on inside of <laughs> yeah. Look, there could be people who are smart enough, who are knowledgeable yeah. enough to know that this may be the best thing that Tim Anderson needed. True. We, we, we don't know. We'll see. Um, but at first glance, you know, all the Chicago media, everybody, everyone's just kind of going, oh, like this, this doesn't make sense. Yes. There are people who made a lot of money to do their jobs and figure this piece out. And they could be they could be on to something here. Yeah, they we'll, could, we'll, yeah. We'll let it play. We have we have no other choice. Yeah, um, that's fair. Chicago sports is going to be in a in a strange space for the for the foreseeable <laughs> future. So, yes. and, and, and I will. We we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get once in a while. Boom! Here we get championship. We got yeah. spoiled. We had we had a we had a what an eight year run with the Bulls just killing. Mm-hmm. Blackhawks winning every other year. Yep. This this is our time to relax and let the rest of the people get a little bit. And so I think we're we're okay with that. You had the second best athlete to ever wear the number twenty three. Like you guys had everything <laughs> going for you. You know what? And you know I felt very blessed growing up in Chicago because we had I had Walter Payton as the running back. Michael mm. Jordan was you know shooting guard. I'm thinking, damn. Like does every city have this? Yeah. No, they don't. No, they did. They did. No. Oh, you know, <laughs> quickly learn. I mean, look, I, you know, Walter Payton, we were a very Super Bowl. Yeah. And the Bulls get together. We're running. I'm like, man, this is every year, we're, we're, we, you know, we have something going. So now every year we have nothing going. Yeah. It's okay because Chicago has become the city of low expectations across the board. <laughs> yeah. 2000 hit you guys. When you have high expectations. Yeah. Y2K hit you guys pretty hard. <laughs> Outside <laughs> of like the Cubs World Series and some Blackhawks stuff. Boy, we yeah. thought they were going to hit like, computer servers or whatever the actual y2k thing was they just fucked chicago up for the next like 15 years but apparently um, the the lowest expectations came with those uh bulls alternate jerseys oof those things are trash oh you don't like those do you no no, no, any jersey outside like anything mike wore is blasphemous yeah why why do you need those because nike Mm. that's true fucking capitalism I'm, I'm, look, I'm not going to shit on the, the, the city edition jerseys because other cities have dope-ass jerseys. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. Like, look, Your city look, doesn't. And neither do, neither do ours, to be honest with you. Look, look the, the Minnesota Prince jerseys. Amazing. Mm. Yeah, those are dope. Right? Look at everything Miami's done. Amazing. Yep. yep. And then we get our flag on the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you guys also had those... Um, I think it was... Is... I don't think we can say there, there was never a Dwayne Wade era in Chicago, right? Well, let's say when Dwayne Wade happened to play on the bulls, they had, you had those gray sleeve jerseys too. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Those looks like <laughs> trash bags pulled over. Yeah. Those weren't, those weren't great. What are the city jerseys this year coming out? They're the ones with like the, like you said, it's the flag, right? It's that, like that light blue, yeah. um, you know, whatever it is. My, my guess, Stars. I think like white, a, 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 a white base with the flag and then a black base with the flag. So this year they probably have the, the baby blue base with the flag. Oh, that's the other one. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Hideous. Who knows? Who knows? Not yeah, great. Again, some cities have high expectations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you are. 
Um, let, let, let's wrap up here. I know we're coming up on time. I, I, I did want to touch on one quick thing. So I think it's important. Um, kind of going back to the more serious stuff for a time, about with everything you're doing with the, um, your association, there's been a lot of news lately. I don't know if it's news, but just developments lately with, um, Delonte West and some of the great rehab that we've seen with him. It, I think it's kind of started with Mark Cuban, right? And so he, he was one of the bigger names to outreach, but what are your thoughts on someone like that who went from, uh, he won a ring, no? Did he win, win a ring with Cleveland? It, he was a high-profile name. He was a, he was a high-profile NBA player. There were no, some no, videos I, that came out that made him look you know, pretty sure. down on his luck. I think, he, I, think he got his, I think he got his ring with Dallas. Oh, okay. Well, that too. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, I mean, a, a high-profile NBA name, and then there's, there's fucking TMZ-like videos coming out, like this guy is homeless and a crackhead and all this other bullshit. And now it looks like the NBA is legit trying to help this dude. What were your thoughts on that story, those developments? And, um, you know, we, we'd like to hear from you specifically as, you know, the head honcho with the, the retirement association. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I start here. Okay. I, I, I want to give Mark Cuban credit. Okay. I want to give Mark Cuban credit because Mark Cuban got Delonte West over the goal line. Mm-hmm. But there was a whole 99-yard drive that involved a lot of people who people don't know about, who people don't talk about, mm-hmm. who worked very, very hard to get him to that point. I'm going to say this. Delonte West is one of a number of players who has had trouble, but who's received help from the support that exists in the NBA, in the NBPA, in the NBRPA, and other entities that no one's ever heard of. And so what what hurt me the most when I saw the videos come out was that people were going to look at those videos and go, oh my God, everyone's forgotten about Delonte. Look look what the NBA has done. They've thrown him out. Yep. That's not the case. It was never the case. Delonte's had substance abuse as well as mental health issues. The two have gone hand in hand and they've been well-documented and well-known for quite some time. The people have been working on his behalf to help him tirelessly. And again, I wanna say this because there are people you've never heard of. There are people who you do not know who have been working their ass off. We help a lot of players and no one knows about it. No one knows that player goes into rehab or goes into these types of services. Mark Cuban, again, got the ball at the goal line and stumbled across and helped him do that. I give him credit because we had we were at the goal line and couldn't get him across on certain things. But for people to always, for, 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 for there to be a narrative that no one did anything, everyone just sat back and let Delonte fall into this, and then Mark Cuban came in, that's not the case. So there's mm-hmm. credit for Mark Cuban for finishing off because I don't think anyone else could, could have done it, but there's so many people involved who've been working for years to help on this. Mm-hmm. i also say this, the, the center that Delonte is in is a center that's, first of all, run by a former NBA player, Jason Williams. You may have heard mm-hmm. of him. There are sure. three Jason Williams. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a Jason Williams that had a really hard fall off with his, his court case, going, going to prison for a short period of time. And New stuff. Jersey Nets, Jason Nets, Williams? Right? Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes, New Jersey Nets, Jason Williams. Okay. He has been active in helping players for years. He's our partner at the NBRPA. Mm-hmm. We have been championing that, that service and what he's been doing for quite some time. So shout out to Jason Williams for really coming through and being there. 
Jason's been ready for Delonte and a lot of players for quite some time. And so, you know, a group effort happened and Mark Cuban pushed over the goal line, but really the main person who really did the most work, the most important work here was Delonte. The ball has mm-hmm. been in his court, no pun intended, for quite some time. And I, I want to use his case as an example because there are people who are, again, working diligently, helping players. Delonte is a big name and you see him on TMZ. There are other players who have these situations and people step up and do tremendous work on their behalf. Um, you know, I'll tell you this, um, Keon Dooling, and, you know, he's been working with players and helping. And when we have a player who's having a mental health crisis, Keon Dooling has stepped up and jumped in and did tre- done tremendous work. And he's working with the PA, he's working with us because he's a retired player. And so, look, these issues happen. Sometimes they're much more amplified because these are high name players, but these issues happen. What I don't want people to believe is that once you're done with the NBA, the NBA is done with you. There's a players association, there's a retired players association that's here, and we're working all the time for those type of situations. So I, I saw I saw some of the, the videos and things that come out today for Delante, and I always smile because I know that he's in a great place and he's getting better now. Um, but I'm going to take my time on this podcast to say right now for everyone that no one ever gave up on him. No one ever decided that he was just going to be tossed out. He decided that he was going to take advantage of what was there for him. And so now we have this coming together for him getting better. Yeah. No, that, that's, 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 that's great insight, man. That that's, that's crazy. And I hope I wasn't, you know, I, I'm just approaching it as this is what I've seen. And unfortunately, until you listen to what you just said, that's probably the common narrative of what people think. So, um, yeah. so that's yeah. some great, some great insights from someone who actually knows what the hell's going on with a lot of this stuff and not for nothing, Sounds like Delonte West, we mentioned he's one of the bigger names in this type of instance. Sounds like he's not unique in what, what might happen to some of these dudes, at least, you know, in general. You, you get someone who has a mental health problem. Yeah. You get someone who has substance abuse issues. And <clears throat> thankfully, those numbers are going down for our population, yep. uh, especially in the substance abuse, because we've had players who've been able to handle the transition, the identity crisis, and find better ways to deal with it and cope. Mm-hmm. But they, they do happen. Again, the support is there. People really do care. Again, if a player knows where they're going to go once they're done playing, who they're going to be and where, where they're going to be around, where their community is, mm-hmm. much better chance of them falling, not falling into that, into those isms, I call them, alcoholism, yeah. you know, yeah. all those type of things and really being supported. Um, but yeah, you know what? You know, we, our phones ring off the hook when something like that happens and people mm-hmm. call us and they say, hey, where's so-and-so? We've got 12 chapters around the country. The beauty of, of what, who we are and what we can do is that if, if something happens in any city, I can call a guy in that city who's a leader amongst the men in that city and say, hey, so-and-so is having a trouble. He, you know, he's going to get put out of his place or something's happening. Hey, give him a call. Come over, help him. And the players jump on it because they're a family and they understand yeah. that now everyone walks away from this game in the best position and life happens. These people are just like everyone else. The problem is that, you know, if, if either of you had a situation, you got a DUI next weekend, none of us would know it. Right. These guys get popped, TMZ is there. And yeah. you, you'd be surprised how easy it is for someone in an emergency room or a booking center to call TMZ and get a $2,000 payout 
for saying, hey, so-and-so is here. Mm. Trust me. Trust me. We get it because we, we get the calls to verify this stuff. And nine times out of ten, it's all bullshit. But people want to have that fun story of, oh, this person had all these millions of dollars. Yeah, he's fucked up. Yeah, he's just like everyone else. Right. He just matters more than everyone else because he's been a player. He's got a name. Yeah. And you want to jump on that. Yep. No, that's crazy. That's sad. You gotta ask me another question. You can't end on that shit, man. Come on. <laughs> all right. Fine. Good soap. Really uh, twist my arm. Two retired players that uh, we haven't heard from in a long time. Paul Pierce and Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> Any idea what they're up to? <laughs> the best part about the, the professional athlete <clears throat> is their confidence right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i i see i see you putting your boston up there um, <laughs> we've seen enough sir. yeah so, those two those two are enjoying the transition into broadcasting and the fact that they they commentating and speak on the game mm. with crazy confidence. <laughs> yes. And That's a good way to put look, it. We, we all, look, we all log in and tune in because they do that. And, mm. you know, for better or for worse, people talk about them being wrong or being or being off on these things or being self-centered. What else do you want from an athlete? Right. I don't want, I don't want an athlete to get on, get on the camera and go, well, you know, he may have been better, better than me. Um, you know, he had more points. No, tell me, tell me you'd bust his ass. Like, you know, like, like yeah, give us the real answer. Yeah. You know, the minute Paul Pierce tells me that LeBron was better than him, I'm turning the TV off because I don't want to hear that. Right. Any competitor, yeah. Yeah. Any competitor is going to say that. We, we get mad at Paul Pierce for deciding, believing that he's the best player to walk this earth. Paul Pierce played as if he felt he was the best player to walk the earth. I want him right. to keep that same energy. He does that. Uh, Kendrick Perkins is different. Kendrick really does um, come come from a, a real cerebral, like think through the game uh, perspective. When mm-hmm. as a big, no one expects you to do that. No one expects those the bigs to be the guys who are thinking through and giving real analysis. He does that, and it kind of fucks everybody up. Everybody's like, "Oh my God, Kendrick Perkins! That was man, that was profound." But they're yeah. like they're off and they're crazy. Yeah. Right or wrong, they bring that energy in and we love it. So cool. I mean, I would expect to not see them on TV uh, in the near future because we're tuning in to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Paul Pierce and Kendrick Perkins. The, yeah. the old Celtics keep keep the mouth moving, even though the Celtics can't keep it moving. Oh, come on, bro. Yeah. We're gonna uh, okay, we're gonna end on that bullshit. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I was going to say, what's great about Kendrick Perkins on Twitter is you nailed it. Like, he's so – he'll talk about anything because I'll click on the president will tweet and I'll click on replies and there he is. And then five seconds later, LeBron will tweet. I'll click on replies. There he is. And then, I don't know, some businessman will tweet and Perk is right there as well. So, he's active. He's doing he's, – He's very consistent too. He always very, politely always suggests there. that you carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very yep, he'll get his word out ask you to pl- you nailed it politely carry on and then um you look up and he's on get up or the jump or whatever the fucking other shows are on right now so i don't know do you i mean I, it actually makes me think like you working in what you do for a living do you see is that like the right now is that like the number when players retire is it like i want to be on tv or i want to be a broadcaster is that like the most popular post-career kind of transition you think guys 
kind of want to do right now? It, it was or is like the Silicon Valley type of thing yeah. much more you know, appealing it, it now? It was always one of the options. Coach, broadcast. Coach, um, yeah. Or, or front office. The mm-hmm. difference is now with social media, it's been easier to break into it because you can create your own voice. Yeah. You can get on right. your phone and you can let people right. know. In the past, you had to, you had to get training, mm-hmm. go to broadcast boot camp, get someone to give you a shot. Yep. And Good then point. when we have that shot, then you make it. Then you you may fall into a rotation of seasonal commentating, and then you you get into the job. Yeah. Now, guy can pick up a phone, start a podcast, or yep. just comment on things, and then they've taken their their brand and their awareness up to where we listen to them. So I think that it's growing because the access has grown so much. It's like it's like a, you know the, the the traditional models who are all pissed off on Instagram, but everyone's a model now. Yeah. No, it's it's a good point. I mean, anyone can retire now with two hundred thousand Twitter followers or Instagram followers. You have a business right there. You have ads. You have you literally retired with ad space right there. Absolutely. Um, which is interesting. Yeah, they didn't really get. And we've talked about this before. Talking about the like the last dance and stuff like that. Just how cra- how much more crazy that era would be if it happened in the Twitter era, or like what Mike would be like on Twitter or Instagram or. Maybe Dennis Rodman's a better example, but like just following that type of like basketball with fights, with physicality, and with a team as globally insane as the Chicago Bulls. Now you extrapolate that on social media, it's like maybe maybe it's too much. I don't know, but it's just it's just it's crazy the opportunity that a lot of the natural opportunity that a lot of like a lot of these guys have just for speaking their mind on a on a social media platform. Yeah, if I if I had my way. And the, co- the cosmos works the way it's supposed to. You see a lot more of those guys on TV and hear hear a lot more from them, especially through some of the things we're doing at the Legend Studios and Legend. Yeah. Because the whole the whole point of what we're trying to do is to give those guys the you know the platform and the guys who have the voice but not the training, bring the training into it and let them go. So we get more yeah. Paul Pierce's and and um and Kendrick Perkins and. Hopefully yeah. somebody who, who, who didn't play for the Celtics who could talk about some real rings, you know? Yeah, no shit. My goodness. Yeah. They got 17. Yeah. How many more you want? Well, I... I, I, I One I, since I, I've been alive. 16 didn't have before you were born. I know. I was just going to say, one since I've been alive, but who's counting? Yeah. Go ahead, so I'm demoralized. Well... I guess we'll sign off on that note. Um, <laughs> Last time you all had me on this podcast. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, Scott, that was uh, that was tremendous. Obviously, yeah, we, for real. We took you over the time, but before we sign you off, can you just remind everyone, you know, uh, where they can find you and everything that you're involved in? Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm at Scott Rochelle, S C O T T R O C H E L L E, on all platforms. Uh, don't go to my Facebook because there's nothing going on there. But uh, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, I'm there daily having a good time. Mm-hmm. Great Twitter follow. At NBA alumni, um, all platforms there. And, you know, we're interfacing with our fans, our members there. You know, come on uh, Thursdays, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern for Legends Live, catching Tyler doing his thing there. And then podcast dropping probably once every couple of weeks. So um, a lot going on. Happy Great. to Happy to, yes, you know, to share with you all and, and bring the legends to life with you guys. And, you know, if you ever, you know, want to, you know, talk through some some legends and, and, and get, get some of the guys on the show, let us know. I'll, I'll send yeah. a few text messages on my BlackBerry. 
<laughs> However you get them there, bro, that would be, buttons. that'd be big respect. And tell our friend Tyler, we said hello as well. We'd love to have him back sometime soon, but, uh, but yeah, Scott Rochelle, go follow him. Great Twitter follow. You're doing some great work, man. And, uh, I appreciate you taking some time to chop it up with us tonight, oh, man. Don't forget Scott, uh, Dan's a large, I'm a medium, but the sleeves have to be like really big. Cause like, you know, biceps or whatever. And, um, <laughs> if you guys have an event in Boston, I'll shoot you my my email address. Not a big deal. Shit, man. That's I, 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 I had I had you squared away until I, I remembered all, all the players' kids took the mediums and larges. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not lying. I'm I'm actually being serious there. That you know that Yeah, I I, I wear I wear a men's XL. I wear adult size clothes. So oh. I don't know if you ordered like some youth sizes just to like in just in case but if you have any of those and like any of those cabinets behind you just throw one soaps away and uh he'll he'll fit into it you got your peloton on the way so you're you're good you'll sweat yourself into it scott rochelle thank you brother man this is a lot of thank fun you guys.